Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us in this podcast. Lisa and I today are having a conversation uh, with each other and with you around the topic of uh, the goal of conflict. <laughs> we just uh, returned from a marriage conference that we taught at uh, with uh, Dan and Becky Allender. And I, I think, and we think the theme of conflict is always uh, an important topic. Uh, it, it's a topic I think people maybe sit forward in the chair and begin to take even more notes because it is uh, such a, a common, of course, experience for many of us in our marriage. And it is a, it is how we started our podcast. Our very first podcast was on conflict, and we thought it'd be helpful to return to not just that, but uh, some more material, if you will, around uh, how we can navigate conflict well. Because again, for so many of us, it, it, it can be a stuck point a place of difficulty uh, that we often struggle with. So we thought we'd return to it, it but not the same conversation, but uh, un- oh, we have it. many, many <laughs> options for choosing different conflicts to yes. think yeah. about. It's such a common, familiar experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think first of all, we all come at, come at it in a different, you know, from a different perspective, depending on what our family of origin Mm-hmm story was and how we even have come to understand conflict and maybe what the goal of it is or what what the experience of it is. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a great place to start. It is. And what you named, Lisa, is so helpful is that would be one of our hopes in this conversation would be for each of us to be aware of what, what was our story of conflict, meaning what was modeled for us. That's an important part of how we pay attention to the conflict dynamics in our marriage, uh, the imprint of our own story, how we uh, view conflict, how we experience conflict. Uh, For many of us, conflict was harmful. Uh, It was either physical harm or emotional harm toward us or toward a family member uh, that we saw anger, we saw rage, we felt anger, we felt rage. Uh, And so that, that is a, a primary imprint. For some of us, conflict was avoided, uh, meaning that that we might have thought or imagined or envisioned or even might have been directly communicated that uh, when there's not conflict, that means there's a good marriage. And we want to say actually the opposite is true, that to avoid conflict means that we avoid intimacy. And so well, one of our... It's actually virtually impossible, It's right? virtually impossible. I mean, you're right. So if you're not having conflict, then... Then you're not human. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not in reality. You're not. Yeah. You're not in truth. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime I think we press into um, something that's not true, mm-hmm. and trying to make that part of our life or trying to be part of our behavior, mm-hmm. then it causes disruption, you know, internally, right. which is almost harder to bear than outward conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not not always, but. It's just as powerful in, in so many ways. Right. Yeah, I think if we can emphasize, and we, we've named it in different ways before, but in this moment, emphasizing that conflict can actually be a form of intimacy. How do we define intimacy? To make known. So in our conflict, there is something about ourselves that is made known. And 
it it speaks to and leads us to the core longing we all have is to to be known and so there is a there is a, a part of conflict that can energize us that fuels uh, something of desire it's not just to win although some of us might say it is that in conflict but it's also to be known to be seen to be understood and i think that's an important part of uh, the way in which we can navigate potential, potentially navigate conflict well is to be aware of what, what is the purpose? Uh, mm-hmm. What's the goal? What's the hope? If each of us were to write uh, a mission statement or a purpose statement around conflict, what would you write? Uh, what you, if you just wrote one sentence or two sentences and maybe you hit the pause button on the podcast and say, Hmm, let me think about that. And let me write a few words uh, or, and, or come back to that. Like, what is the purpose? What, what, if we were to create as a couple, the purpose or vision or mission statement around conflict, what would we write? And I think at a core, most of us long for some form of connection in the conflict. We might not have words like that, but I think that's what we have become more and more and more aware of. The more conversations we have with couples, the more conferences, the more work therapeutically with couples, and even for us, for Lisa and I, I think that is, and we think that is the core longing, is to be known, to be understood, yes, and and conflict can lead to that, even though it can be difficult. Right. I think conflict comes down to the fact that we're two different people. We each have a different way of looking at something. Mm-hmm. And so there's difference, right? There's right. just difference on everything <laughs> on, on a decision that needs to be made or, sure. you know, where we should go or how we should do it or what it should look like. Or, you know, it happens daily because mm-hmm. we're two different people. And so, if you if you kind of look back to the origin of conflict, it's basically two people with different ideas, different opinions, different needs, different desires, different wants. Mm-hmm. And so maybe having a chance to explore each other's difference in a new way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we can begin to see conflict as a potential of creating intimacy, creating mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. So I think, first of all, as we look at our fam- family of origin and we, we figure out what, you know, what were the ideas that we had? Was it, a, was it um, something that was off limits? Was it something that made us fearful? Was it something that there was harm? And so kind of understanding that first, because we're going to carry that right into our right. marriage, and then begin to look at the fact that we each have difference because we just think differently and right. not wrong, right. just differently. Right. And I think we can tend to get in our head about our opinion and the right way to do things. And so then it feels like one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And then mm-hmm. we're kind of off to the races on. Yeah. Conflict. Which sometimes is what difference can lead to because there, there's a, there's d- difference implies not opposite, but just different. And so when we have difference, there's a, there is a sense of feeling and being different in our thoughts, yes, in our ideas, in our beliefs, in our needs. So, I mean, in a playful way, marriage is a setup. It's a setup to navigate, to, to try to navigate difference well. Uh, and many of us, again, uh, part of that imprint is difference was not honored well. Uh, it, w- it wasn't navigated well, or it was dismissed, ignored, minimized, not talked about. Uh, we just go along with what each of us want to do and we don't really navigate or see or watch or experience 
uh, difference as something that engages and and draws the other toward rather than away. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in the dating relationship, right? It's like right. opposites attract, and you're you're kind of attracted to. Wow, they're doing it in a different way. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. interesting. And, you know, you just like are drawn to it in a way that. But then it becomes irritating, right? And then it becomes <laughs> irritating, and then you're like, why are you trying to do it that way? And and then there becomes this embedded sense of. I'm going to um, influence you to do things my way. Yeah. Like I'm sure you're going to be able to see how my way is right mm-hmm. and how this is the best way and how mm-hmm. we should do it like this. And so we we get really invested in communicating mm-hmm. why we think our right. way is the right way. Or right, yeah. We were recently at another conference and we asked that question: What's the goal? Like we asked the crowd, uh, "What's the goal? Of, what, what's a potential goal of conflict?" And often the immediate response is to win, uh, to be right. Uh, and it takes a lot of courage to actually acknowledge that in a public setting. But I think that is true that many of us feel like the goal, the intent, the hope, the purpose is to somehow communicate or convince the other of what I think, what I need, what I believe is, is quote unquote, the right way. Right. Our, our partner is going to finally see it our way yeah. and they're going to, this light is going to shed down and they're going to say, <laughs> oh my gosh, you were so right. right. Let's do it your way. Hmm. And I think the other big answer that comes up is to resolve it. Right. You know, like. The goal of conflict is to resolve it. Mm. And that's not really anything close to what, what we found to be true. In fact, um, John Gottman, who is a, you know has many books out and studied marriage and does a lot of marriage teaching, um, they found that 70% of all conflict between a husband and wife is actually unresolvable, mm-hmm. which is a lot. And... Particularly in the four areas that couples have primary conflict in, uh, sexual intimacy, finances, uh, the way they spend leisure time, and anything regarded to family, uh, in-laws, parenting, parenting, children, et cetera. So, yeah, particularly the 70%, particularly in those uh, areas where there is significant conflict, for sure. So we spend a lot of time trying to resolve Mm -hmm. something that actually they have found is not even resolvable. Mm -hmm. So... We we like to put a big slanted line through the R of resolve that that is not the goal. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the goal. Yeah, right. it's nice if it does resolve itself, sure. but if you go into it with that in mind, then your conflict is going to be mm-hmm. oftentimes just perpetuating mm-hmm. and out of control. Yeah, and they use that word perpetual, like the that conflict in the particular area just becomes this perpetual difference. We we perpetual conflict we go round and round like the merry-go-round it just keeps going around and i think that's where for many of us that's part of what is disappointing frustrating uh bothersome around conflict is we just keep talking about the same thing yes because we believe that we are going to resolve it or we believe we're going to get to a a different outcome and 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 we want to invite propose uh, imagine and and maybe re-envision for each of you what might be your purpose Could, could it be just a bit more about understanding uh, could it be a bit more less resolution, but but a bit more understanding? That that is the, I think for many of us that's the longing. Yes, we long to be understood, but how about if one of the primary ways we engage conflict is can, can we seek to understand the other? Uh, that, that that I think again that's a game changer. Uh, it, it if if it's a redirect, if it's a redo, if it's a rewrite of any script, it would be something like that. That. Maybe our, our hope, maybe we could commit, maybe we could work just a little bit more toward seeking to understand one another in the midst of conflict. And mm-hmm. I think that was true for us this morning. I mean, we have, <laughs> it was, 
I wouldn't say we, there's conflict 24-7, but we, we often have conflict, particularly around areas of difference. And that was true for us this morning. We mm -hmm. had a, a conversation this morning. We were having a cup of coffee, and uh, one of the, I would say, primary areas that maybe that has been difficult for us is around uh, kind of what we might call our social uh, what what would you call it? our social just um, navigating social need? I mean, I think yeah. well, navigating social need, navigating social invites. Like, how do we stay com connected to the community and people around us, but also, from my perspective, have enough um, left to be able to do the things that we do? Meaning, when we teach or when we do therapy or when we do workshops or et cetera. So, right, especially we a, when we come at it with different approaches. Right. One of us gets more energy from being with people mm -hmm. and one of us is depleted. And, and right. that's really common in, in a lot of marriages. Yeah. in a lot yeah. of marriages and it's not just one or the other. So for one person in the marriage, maybe they feel overwhelmed with a lot of social engagements mm -hmm. and the other is like craving for that. So right. that here you have right. a complete, you know, a difference. fundamental difference, right. fundamental difference in how Lisa and I are, I would say hardwired, how mm -hmm. we're created. Uh, when Lisa tends to thrive on more, more and more people. If Lisa had a, I think if you had a choice, we'd be with people 24 seven, maybe not, but something like that. And I, I thrive on downtime. Like I need some downtime so that I can be with people. And mm -hmm. so, and, and I hope you hear it. Maybe, maybe even in this area of difference for many of us, we might, um, what, what can occur is there's internal and or external judgment for how the other is different. Meaning sometimes we might wonder what's wrong with me. Why am I this way? Why can't I be more like and fill in the blank? Right. I mean, I think for the first 15, 20 years yeah. of our marriage, we worked really hard to maybe not say it directly, but prove that the other was something was wrong. Something right. Was wrong. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you that yeah. you don't want to Why? get together with people? Or yeah. what's wrong with you that you don't want to just hang out alone, right. the two of us? Right. You know, and so we really went around and around about that mm -hmm. and tr almost trying to like convince That's, the other right. that this is actually the right way to be in life. This is, you know, uh, just better, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better word. But, and then as we began to unpack that and say, wow, we're both different. This is just how we're made. And how can I understand more about what's going on for you when you are feeling like you need more downtime? Or mm -hmm. for me, what's going on for you when you feel like you need, you know, more time with people? And so beginning to engage those areas with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Which is essential in conflict, mm -hmm. even though we're triggered, we're bothered, we're irritated, we're frustrated around the difference. How, how come you don't get it? How come you don't understand? How, how come you're not, I mean, not that some of us might say this, how come you're not more like me? But right. it's somehow, it's, kind of implied. it's implied. It's implied. And right. especially when we go round and round, like what is, again, in the round and round, what helps us to pause? What helps us to, can, can we stop the merry-go-round? Hang on. Like what is it? And I think for every couple, they learn over time some way, not just intervention, but some way to pause, some way to say, hang on, what's the goal? What's the hope? What are we hoping for in this moment? Well, that and that I takes think, a tremendous amount of courage and or intentionality to be able to, to offer that. In moments, again, where, where you, hopefully you as listeners can hear, it, it doesn't have to get charged for it to be difficult, meaning that, that there is might be some tension, there's some misunderstanding, uh, Again, this this sense of we're, we feel a bit stuck. Well, I think we get really preoccupied with the outcome, mm -hmm. and so if we're preoccupied with the outcome, then it's really hard to stay present to curiosity. It's really hard to 
want to know kind of and understand how the other's feeling. If we're just like, we just want to make this decision. We just need to come to this decision. We're on a time limit. It's a time crunch that, you know, the event is tonight. So we got to make a decision. And if we're so focused on that, then I think we're going to miss out right on the, on the understanding. And we're not going to have time to be curious because curious curiosity takes a lingering, takes a few moments to just set some, Mm -hmm. set the outcome aside and go, wow, I help me know you better. Mm -hmm. Doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural, and like what you just said is so true. Is that people often ask, but but what about when we have to make a decision? Like they're like what you just said, Lisa. You said that that we we need to make a decision. We have difference now. What and and I think part of it is sometimes there is a there's a willingness to um, not not so much defer, but in a way it is like that. Sometimes there's a willingness to defer as long as we feel understood. That those go hand in hand. I get that this is important to you and. Um, even though it's hard for me, I, I think, I think what you need or what you would like, yeah, I'm willing to go along with. Sometimes that's as good as it gets, but we're willing, I think, to go along slash defer when we feel understood, not our opinion, not, um, it's not a debate, but it's more of just when I, when I feel understood, when you feel understood, Lisa, I think there's, a, there's more likely a tendency to go along with what the other needs. Again, please hear, not always, but sometimes, and sometimes is is honestly, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. So when when we say, oh yeah, I could see how that'd be important for you, and that's hard for me, or I don't quite agree, but I, I get it. That I, I hope you hear that in conflict, in moments like that, around difference, that is the goal, to understand, to be understood, yes. We are willing, able, I think, to go along with uh, what the other might need when there's that sense of feeling and being understood. Right. So maybe the question, you know, what's happening for you? Is a good way to start, sure. you know. I think. Yeah. What are you bothered by? What are you irritated by? I mean, one of the conflicts we were in this morning was we really. I thought we just shared one. Do we feel like <laughs> well, I was thinking about the fact that we we overbooked. I mean, we we didn't have a choice about it, and we did. But we've had a lot of weekends in a row right. where we've been traveling and doing marriage right. workshops, and it just kind of is fall heavy because that's kind of the time. It is, a, yeah, you know, for many. it's kind of a good time mm-hmm. for people. So we haven't done you know, this many weekends in a row and, and it, and we both agreed to do it and all that. But then the conflict kind of came like, okay, what are we going to do next year? We're going to, it wasn't necessarily a difference, but I was feeling frustrated because I feel like it's a trade-off. Like if we're, if we're really busy, then we're having to forego maybe some social things that would have been fun There's to enjoy. There's a cost to it. There's a cost. Yeah. And so I think it's easy to miss that part and just get into a debate about, well, you scheduled too many or, you know, you kind of get in that. And I think mm-hmm. we were able to ask the question, like, what's happening for you? And yeah. then I was able to say, you know, I feel like I'm I'm having to miss out maybe on some mm-hmm. other social things because this is taxing us. This right. is taking up all our energy. And, right. and just being able to share that and for you to understand that helped me to just feel understood. I can't change anything. It's the schedule is still the schedule, but... There's something about being able to share how it's impacting us, you know, and and I felt when I could share how it impacted me and that you understood that and that mm-hmm. we're going to maybe be more careful next time and how much we schedule, that felt like, okay, I felt a little bit more understood. I feel like I can, I can go on. And so, so, so we would say again that, that the hope for most of us in moments like that is the felt sense of being understood, but also understanding those go hand in hand. Uh, and, 
And that's often where couples get stuck is they're primarily we, I am often stuck on, I need you to understand. And, and why are you feeling this way? And, and that therein lies the confusion, therein lies the tension. I think it's helpful to highlight one particular relational pattern that occurs for many of us in the midst of conflict. Uh, and it's one of avoidance. Uh, it's one where there's a, a relational response to conflict where we just withdraw. We disengage. Uh, we go silent. Uh, part of that is learned, yes. Part of that is our body's physiological response to what happens often when we have a fear-based response. We flee. We just don't want to engage. It, it's, for whatever reason, it, it feels, quote-unquote, dangerous. And again, for many of us, that was true. But, but part of the need to withdraw and disengage is often connected to a sense of futility. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I, I'm angry. I'm upset. This isn't going to be helpful. This isn't a good conversation. And so where we have been just a bit more intentional around conflict is to pay attention to the impact of withdrawal, the impact of leaving, the impact of avoidance. Because silence for the other is deafening. It is a complete position and place of powerlessness. I have no voice. I have no impact. Uh, what I say, what I think, what I feel doesn't matter. And so I, I think where we have maybe stayed present just a little bit longer is the ability, capacity to be aware of the impact of silence, the impact of withdrawal. We've talked about that in a couple of other previous podcasts, but not always in the direct correlation with conflict. So I think that's one one of our hopes for those of you listening would be to to be aware of what need is met for me when I need to withdraw. I withdraw because, uh, and I, I think for many of us it is, because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I feel overwhelmed. This isn't going to be helpful. And sometimes the ability, capacity to stay present is when we're aware of the impact of silence, when we're aware of the impact of withdrawing, that we don't want to reenact what was true for our spouse, for our partner, you know, in moments like that. So our invitation again to be aware of that. Be aware of what's a what's a relational response I have, and so for some of us, it might be that avoidance, that withdrawal, that disconnect. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore. Can we be aware of the impact of that? Mm-hmm. And so, oftentimes, when we get to that point, it's not really a good time to to unpack or to be curious in that moment. You know, it's something that maybe at a different moment, which it's hard because who wants to bring up conflict again after? we've just right. not gone well, you yes. know, it's just not gone well. And so now later when we're feeling better, it's just, it takes all the courage to come back to, to it return. because mm-hmm. why do I want to enter into this again? Mm-hmm. But when we're calm and we're able to maybe understand, maybe just, can you help me understand what happened earlier? Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand what the silence was about? Yeah. And I think what one of the interventions, if you will, can be when we when we feel the need to withdraw, when we feel the need to literally go away emotionally and or physically, can, can we at least invite the other to something along the lines of, I'm a bit overwhelmed, I'm a bit frustrated, I don't think this is going to go well, can we come back to it? Now, I, that is a, again, that can be a potential game changer in the way we navigate conflict, as long as we return to it. For the one that has been for the request of the other to hang on or can we pause? It's very difficult for some of us to wait, to endure. Especially if we've had a pattern where sure. that person shuts down and never comes and back. Doesn't return. And so right. the, it's the reassurance of return 
that is essential in how we rework those moments. Can there be a choice to return? Yeah, that's okay. I, I see you're overwhelmed. I wonder when we can come back to it. There isn't the, the phrase, the three words that happen often next, I don't know, is not really an option. Uh, can, can we just be a bit more intentional in being aware of to not return actually perpetuates the cycle of disconnect and the tension that we feel. So the reassurance of return, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, it'll be hard for me, but uh, how about in an hour? How about sometime tonight? Or could we come back to it tomorrow morning? As long as there's a return to it, that helps so many of us be able to interrupt that pattern of avoidance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it really has to do with um, maybe creating new habits, maybe mm-hmm. putting some new language to what's happening. It's going to feel awkward and, sure. you know, we're going to fumble at it at first and just making some, you know, motion toward this new direction mm-hmm. of, okay, this that didn't go well. So mm-hmm. we're going to try to come back to it. We're going to try to put some language to it and we're going to start working toward a little bit of understanding. Mm-hmm. So as we come to a close, uh, let's, let's remember and remind ourselves it's being aware of what was the imprint, meaning what was our story around conflict? What was a particular relational pattern that was modeled or we saw that we brought into our marriage? Uh, how might we be uh, uh, able to rewrite or redirect the script, um, edit the script of how we navigate conflict? What's our purpose? What's our hope? What's our goal? And then maybe one small intervention, if you will, about how do we want to redo, rework moments where we are in conflict. And I think for many of us, it is the return that can be an essential mm, relational reconnect in moments like that where we have struggled before. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage.